Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee. Look, I have this brand new cup. I'm so excited. She's got water. She's healthier. Where's this pink? It is, and it says, healing spirits here and there. Terry Strauss, one of my friends who's a psychic medium, and she met me yesterday uh, in Mount Vernon to give me this. It was so sweet. We have a Mount Vernon, Maine, too. Do you really? We do. So cheers oh. to you. Clink. Cheers. Clink. Good to see you, Tam. Tam is with me, of course, this morning because, believe it or not, it's the end of August and we're now looking ahead at the month of September. Indeed we are. Which means we're also looking at fall, which means we're also looking at all of the holidays that come along with fall. And I love it. Janet, I am coming alive again. The temperatures are dropping and my energy is going. I'm a fall baby and I live for September and October. Those are, I just can't wait every year. And I'm so excited that Friday kicks off. It's my favorite time of the year as well. I'm not even sure why I'm not a fall baby. I'm a spring baby, spring, almost summer cusp baby. Yep. Uh, so I don't get it, but I really do love fall. The colors, the trees already have been changing here. So it's already been feeling what? or looking like fall. For real? Oh, yeah. The trees start changing here, usually in August. And a lot of that's because of the dryness, right? We don't have the that winter cold and they it gets cooler at night. So the trees are changing. The yeah. kids go back to school today yep. and that makes it feel like fall. So we're moving in that direction. Um, so September, always such a great month because it holds still some of the heat, the warmth from yep. the summer yep. and has the cooler impact from the impending fall yay i know i love it i'm excited to talk about september and september 1st i'm gonna say it right now even though you didn't invite me to we're launching <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna invite you to do that so go ahead you I just pulled it out of my head i'm just gonna take over um <laughs> we are september 1 through 15 launching the uh limited run of the coil bound energy almanac so there's a coil here yes this is a lay flat book we're only printing 500 of this kind of book after that you have to get a paperback book so september 1st you can order that book so september 1st through 15th yes order the 2024 spiral bound yes almanac Absolutely. We're running us. We're running the buy the book only and I'm going to ship it to you media mail for free. Oh, I'm so excited because otherwise I'd go in and buy it. <laughs> no, well, the media mail will be for free. And then um, the second option is where I'm doing a bundle, which is my um, Astro Inklings, a look at the year ahead, which is a $75 cost to watch that workshop. Usually it's a two and a half hour workshop. And I'm going to include it with the book if they buy my bundle for $75. Very cool. And that includes the workshop and the, the spiral bound yes. 2024 almanac. Yeah. I, I just can't believe it because you know, Tam, that means now it's almost time for us to start working on 2025. No, I know. You um, feel like we always live in the year ahead. <laughs> I already have files on my computer for 2025, like for the writers and for the sponsors and for collaborators. Yeah, yeah, I've already got started. Here's the cover of the 2024 book, which oh, I that's beautiful. 
in print. Yes. Yeah. It's really, really beautiful. I'm very That's, happy with it. And they're always beautiful. I love the artwork. Well, thank you very much. And I've, you know, the interior layout of the 2024 book is, it's really fun. It's really good. I did um, a series of, of birds uh -huh. using, oh. using the Zodiac name. So there's one for Virgo and there's one for Gemini and one for Capricorn. Every bird has a word written into it, a Zodiac word. Bird, bird, bird is the word. Bird is the word this year. <laughs> and perfect because we are in an age of air and birds represent air. Yes, right. They're, 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 that. That's brilliant. Yeah. See yeah. how psychic you are or how in tune you are? Subconsciously, I knew that. Yeah. So we're welcoming all of you to uh, the show this morning. Again, it is Astro Inklings for September with uh, myself, obviously, and Tam Veyu of the Energy Almanac. Yes. And good morning to Kathleen Mallory. It's so good to see you out there with us. Christine Buckingham, hello. Sharon Little hey, says hello, Sharon. ladies. Good morning, Joan Durchy and Leilani and Asa. Oh, Asa. Wow. Great to see you. And Julie is also, she said, uh, something Tam and can't, I, I'm not sure what she's saying. Castro design family, Astro design. I think her fingers are off on the keyboard, <laughs> which is so like me to do that as well. Uh, so today we were just talking before uh, the show started about doing it room. a little bit yeah, in the green in the, room. In the green room, we were talking about, um, by the way, this is totally off the subject. Yesterday during a thunderstorm, when I was like, get away from my computer, get away from my phone, I decided to turn on the TV and I ended up watching this documentary about Taylor Swift. Oh, oh my gosh. I think she's a Sagittarian, if I remember correctly. So too, yes. What a dynamo that young woman is. Mm. Um, you know, whether or not you like her politics, that doesn't matter. But she was she was really hesitant. She realized she was being a yes person. Mm. She was doing what made her a good girl. And then suddenly went, wait a minute, that's not even me. What am I doing? And I mean, she's in her 20s and decided that she was going to do it differently. I was like, whoa, you go, girl. So <laughs> it's possible, right? We can all change our lives at and any it's moment. Fun. It's a choice. It's a choice. Anyway, back to what we were going to do this morning is we're going to look, of course, at September. It doesn't have the same kind of punch that August had or that even July and June had. It is maybe like a breather we could kind of consider before we get into October. In fact, I had this great word yesterday. September can be eclipse anticipation. <laughs> right? And the eclipse can anticipation because obviously October we have the two solar eclipse and uh, lunar eclipses coming the, across the Aries and Libra axis. Mm -hmm. And now this is a great time this month then to plan and to ground and to get everything put together that you want to take on for the next month. Can you see that? Practical planning and reviews. See how in tune you were back then? Yep. These retrogrades, huh? Right. But it is always, you know, the eclipses are game changers. Sometimes they are things that changing that we can't control, right? It's just out of our hands. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen or it's happened and or happening. And we're kind of just having to go with that flow. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that we can't plan on 
where those eclipses will be in our own charts and begin the process of organizing our lives. And guess what? It's Virgo season. It totally is Virgo season. Perfect time for yeah. this kind of work. So we have some of that going on. And then I also want to talk about today one. I, I just happened to reread some of the stuff that I wrote for the almanac for the month of September. And I have to say, I was pretty impressed with what I wrote. I never reread what I write. <laughs> I get that. I, I'm kind of the same way, except for once a week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or when I was working on it. Right. Yeah. I, I was probably editing it or proofing it, but I never go back and really reread what I wrote. And when I was rereading what I wrote for September, I was like, whoo, yeah. we need to share some of this of the gift and the shadows in the weeks of the month. I think that will be a good use of our time. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, too. I, I love it. Um, are, are we going to start with the gift and shadow stuff? Or are we going to overview the month quickly? How do you want to do it? Let's overview the month quickly, because I think that's what most people were here for, is to look sure. at that. Um, and But we may be able to kind of incorporate it uh, week by week, oh, right? Yeah, Let's I, do it that way. In that yeah. case, I'm going to need my glasses. <laughs> well, I, I switched back to my newer glasses, but they hurt my nose. So oh, I'm really yeah. tempted to go back to my favorite glasses. Um, <laughs> but I'm you know trying to see if this impacts my vision in a positive way or not. Mm. And I don't seem to think it does. Mm. Uh, anyway, we'll see. We'll see <laughs> what happens. So we start the month of September on Friday. We do. We just launch into it. But unlike last month where we launched in with what was it, the full moon on the first, uh, we really don't launch into anything big until the third and the fourth. Yep. Unless you had something the first and the second that I missed. I absolutely for me I have the fourth. I have Mercury and uh Mercury retrograde in Virgo, Trine, Jupiter retrograde in Taurus. That's what I was looking at. Yeah. So in, indeed on the third, let's start there because Venus turns direct that day. And, you know, she's been in retrograde since July 22nd, I believe it was. And we have been in a process of reevaluating uh, our relationships, our money, our values, right? Reevaluating mm -hmm. the things that are important to us. And uh, this has maybe brought back people into your lives from uh, earlier love interests to, uh, you know, problems that have been in the past so that we could work through them. And now she has reached back to the point she started the retrograde shadow and will begin to move forward again through all the same territory. So time for closure, perhaps in some ways. Uh, time to institute the changes that you were thinking about adopting with your finances or in your relationships. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've been thinking about this, this whole Leo retrograde, uh, excuse me, Venus retrograde in Leo. Uh, you know, kind of weird. Like I haven't been able to pinpoint it for myself at all. Have you noticed it like in your face? I've seen it with other people, like the old relationships and things like that. But I like for myself, I feel like I haven't had the full experience of it. What about you? For me, it, it has been an experience as I have uh, five or four planets in Leo that were in the uh, crosshairs of the <laughs> of Venus's retrograde yeah. in my second house of finances and economy and earnings and all of that. And what I did find myself doing was because in July, I, you know, added a car payment to my um, 
bills on a monthly basis. And car payments are not cheap these days because of the rising uh, interest rates. So I've had to do a little bit of finagling, you know, in my life in terms of how do I fit in this $600 car payment now every month. And uh, it's been an interesting um, journey because partly you're looking at, well, what bills can I reduce or let go of? Um, How can I spend money more wisely? And then also, how do you earn more money? Mm. So that's been an interesting thing. So not a bad or good thing in in my life, just kind of I got to look at this and and focus on this. But I've heard from lots of people trying to go out and buy homes and things. And I'd be like, no. Wait, right. Um, you know, just the wisdom of maybe really being more conscious about what we spend, both our money on, our time on, our uh, what we give our love to, Mm. right? Who we give our love to, all of that. Interesting. And you know, as you say that, I I will say probably because we're in this astrology world, I did become hyper aware of purchasing. I became aware, like, I'm not going to spend there or invest there right now, unless it was a really wise investment. But I I was really careful about the purchasing thing. And I do know some people who bought homes. (laughs) We'll just do this. So here's the thing that I think about retrogrades now, because I've kind of adopted a different sort of view, as in it's not an all or none kind of thing. Like, don't do anything under the retrograde that relates to that particular thing. But there's sort of this practical, uh, what's practical to do under a retrograde? So for example, is it practical to go get cosmetic surgery during a retrograde of Venus when you could just wait until maybe afterwards Mm. and maybe even understand why is it that I'm getting this cosmetic surgery done in the first place? Am I trying to please someone else? That kind of thing. So while I'm saying, you know, it's probably not the best idea to have cosmetic surgery, let's say, or buy a home or a big ticket item during the retrograde. If you can go through the process of understanding your motivation and understanding what the pitfalls might be um, and then choose from a different perspective, it may turn out okay. That's really, really excellent advice. Uh, I will say I made the really stupid mistake of getting a haircut during Venus retrograde, a a major haircut, and it was bad. It's growing out and I'm okay with it now. I've made peace with it. And I'm I'm laughing about it now. Like, what was I thinking getting a haircut? (laughs) I know I read that in your thing yesterday and I was like, oh, that is so funny. Oh, I know better. That's the problem. I know better. Like, how did I miss that? But yeah, I mean, (laughs) surgery is like probably not the right thing to do during. Yeah. I mean, there are just some things that it's, you know, it's go from your, come from your wiser self, come from that higher place within, and we all know it, right? The retrograde just slows it down, hopefully enough for us to really take another vantage point, but also so that we can concern ourselves with, well, why am I doing what am I, I'm doing, right? What is the motivation? Because that's the big other, that's the thing that we don't normally think about. We just go to the store and we buy the whatever we go, we, we don't like our nose. So we go get this, the cosmetic surgery. We don't like something and we do something else. We don't really think about, well, what is the deeper meaning behind that? The retrogrades give us that option to do that kind of thinking. Now that Venus is going to turn direct, it should become obvious to you why you waited to do something or why you chose to not get into that relationship after all. 
uh, or, you know, whatever it is that Venus was related to. And remember, Leo is a sign of the heart. Yes. Uh, it's really all about what we love and our desire and our, our, our specific individuality. And if we were looking at doing things because of someone else or because we thought it would make other people happy, that is the key to the learning of the whole retrograde cycle yeah. of Venus. Why are we doing what we're doing? Right. Right. Because some man said that, um, you know, you would look better if your nose was smaller. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of exaggerated. But <laughs> yeah. So what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And does it serve our highest and best? Does it come from the heart or are we doing it for some other reason? Now, if you are doing it for some other reason, putting consciousness around it mm. is a good thing, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm doing this because. Mm -hmm. And then you can choose. Do I really want to do it because of that? Right. In your example, if you're doing it because you're having breathing issues and having your nose adjusted yes. would help that, that's that's a good use of that surgery. Exactly right. Yeah. So good stuff, right? Um, so Venus Direct now will go forward from here. But again, like I said, she's going back through the same territory she retrograded in. So we're not quite done. Mm -hmm. uh, we won't be done completely with her cycle until I think it's October 8th. So mm -hmm. we'll be dealing with it all through the month of of September. And then our favorite friend Jupiter turns retrograde the very next day. Yeah. And trines Mercury. In also in retrograde. Also in retrograde. So, you know, again, the whole retrograde season is here in September, a really internal, I would say slower kind of month, I would think. Definitely giving us a breather. I think it's a breather. I want to look at it like, okay, so it's Virgo season because the sun is here. Right. Right. And also uh, Mercury is retrograde in Virgo. Retrograde in Virgo. And then Jupiter is going to retrograde in Taurus, another fellow Earth sign. Earth sign. Pluto is retrograde in Capricorn, Earth sign. Mm -hmm. So we have this real opportunity to look at all the practicalities in our lives. Yes. What makes sense? What doesn't make sense? Mm -hmm. What is, uh, well, I, I shared with you already my aha yesterday from my visit with the doctor about healthy routines and yes. having to establish healthy habits. Mm -hmm. So especially with the full moon right now, super moon, full moon, blue moon tonight mm -hmm. um, in and across Virgo and Pisces, really understanding how do I reinstate health or healthy mm -hmm. routines, right? Am I spending too much time doing a bunch of stuff for other people and not enough time on myself? Yep. Am I spending a whole lot of time eating crappy food? Maybe I need to do detoxifying, things like that. So we have this time period where all of this earth energy is causing us to move, and the retrogrades now, moving inward mm -hmm. so that we can really evaluate the inner, the inner world. like The inner landscape, the inner earth. <laughs> the inner earth. I like that. The inner earth. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So September 4th, that trine with Jupiter and Taurus uh, and then Mercury in Virgo and of course the sun in Virgo looking at money and, and practical uses of, of, I would say, money and internal resources, self-worth. Lots and lots of self-worth stuff is coming up in my clientele. Yeah, uh, I've noticed that too. You're right. You okay. Yeah. I am. I am really working that one hard with a lot of people. 
So if it's showing up for you, you're watching this and it's showing up for you, you're not alone, but it's, it's time to do your work on that topic. Yeah, absolutely. And for everybody that's listening, right now we're talking about Virgo. So if you get your own astrology chart, in fact, do I have one? I do because I did it for the moons. So we'll just pretend this is uh, not what it really is. I'm going to show you visually if I can. There we go. This, is, this is Virgo right there on the left. Uh, that's what the symbol looks like, an M with like an arm that comes around and crosses. And then Pisces opposite of that, kind of looking like two backwards parentheses joined by a bar, right? That's what they look like. Can you guys see that good enough, I hope? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you've got it nice and... Yeah, so if this is... So in your own personal chart, you want to look for those two symbols because that's going to tell you where uh, the preponderance of energy is taking place, at least for this week right, this particular week. And for the month, of course, until we get to the 23rd, sun is in Virgo, Mercury is retrograde in Virgo, and we'll be in Virgo until the end of the month. I don't even think he changes signs this month, and it'll be next month before he changes signs. Um, so we still have a lot of focus in those two signs in our chart. And that can be, we call it the axis of service. Yes. So there's that component. Uh, one side being maybe more healthy, practical, bodily, uh, human concerns, while the other side, the spirituality, the divine human concerns, our connection to spirit and to our inner intuition, our psychic, inner psychicness, inner sensitivity, yeah. um, emotion, energy. Emotion. So how do we balance those two? Woo. <laughs> So big deals. It is big deals. Uh, but you're right. I forgot about the financial component with Jupiter, of course, in Taurus, the sign that rules banking and the economy and all of that. Right. Turning retrograde. Does the economy cool off some more? Um, oh, is there <laughs> the whole time we knew we knew it was coming with Uranus oh, and Jupiter in the sign of banking and in the economy? Oh, we knew. Yep. Yeah. The handwriting, as it were, was on the wall. Yep. Um, we just didn't know how drastic it might get. Um, luckily, I don't think it's as drastic as it could have been. Well, yet. Well, I'm going to call it drastic enough. Let's see. Let's it see is. what happens during the retrograde, right? <laughs> yeah, let's do. Let's see. Because now, again, this might be, you know, Jupiter, look at the Taurus part of your chart. Mm -hmm. Do I have to highlight Taurus for everybody? I think that's probably a good idea. Let's do it course it's the obvious one to me it's yeah, obvious I it agree. So looks, looks like the bull's head looks right like a bull. it's a circle with little horns coming off the top you got it perfect there we go that is taurus of course find taurus in your chart and those two planets underneath taurus there are jupiter on the right and uranus on the left yes so those are the two we're talking about and they are biggies mm -hmm. right they are power players in the whole pantheon so when jupiter turns retrograde uh what does that mean for us right that's a question that we'll want to be thinking about because you are also participating in the economy mm. in the banking system Absolutely. in you know how in you know what i really think about this what is our ability to become uh, less greedy more thrifty, but I don't mean that from a space of fear, mm -hmm. more conservative, 
not as a political move, but as a way to become a good steward mm -hmm. of your resources, of the resources of the planet. Good stewardship. And that's what you're that's what you're suggesting Jupiter in Taurus could could be about and retrograde could be all about are are we being good stewards taking for a look at taking how are we using our money are we using it wisely and in a way that's beneficial to the greater mm -hmm. good yeah that's a nice way yeah. to look at it for sure yeah I, and then go ahead sorry and also with the the sun across the virgo um Pisces axis, then your own personal resources are what your gifts and your talents are that you share with the world. Are you using them in a way that is helpful uh, to the planet, but also serves yourself in being able to do what you love or make money, whatever your interest is. Doing what you love. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting. I know that I'm marking my calendar for that day, like to sit, to have time for a good sit and a good think. Yes, exactly uh, looking right. At money, looking at economy, looking at earning, looking at self-worth, like taking the time to do that. You better have a fresh notebook for September, everyone. <laughs> I think so, too. You're right, because it's a very much internal, introverted sort of energy that we have for this month that's really focused inward. All yep. A lot of planets are in that retrograde space. Yep. And, you know, Jupiter being the last of the biggies that's yep. gone into retrograde. So now we have all of the outer planets in retrograde mm -hmm. and uh, two of the inner ones in retrograde, at least for the beginning. Um, and how do we want to move through all this? Not to mention Chiron is also in retrograde. Oh, I didn't know that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Only because I track Chiron as well. So he's retrograde. Eris is retrograde. Wow. Um, wow. Palace is fine. Let's see. Where's Ceres? Where did you go, Mama? Uh, Ceres is, she's not retrograde. She's direct. So at least two of the goddesses are still going forward, moving their agendas forward. Uh, anyway, so then uh, to complete that week, I also highlighted the 6th and the 8th. Uh, Mercury in a conjunction with the sun on the 6th. Yep, I have that one too. Now that is always a symbol of the beginning of a cycle between Mercury and the sun. Mm -hmm. So rather than Mercury's cycle beginning when he conjuncts the sun in forward motion, his cycle begins, the cycle begins with Mercury in retrograde conjunct the sun. Right. So it's kind of typical Mercury retrograde, a little bit upside down, a little bit different. And so we have the beginning of a new cycle of the two of them on Wednesday, the 6th of, of September. And of course, that happens in Virgo. Well, what do you think our focus will be then with that Mercury cycle? Here we go again with health and routines and service. That's how I see it. And, and really getting practical with all of that, giving it all a good look that day. Yeah, that that Question. earthy groundedness, right? Yeah. That, that we really need to, our message is even, you, you might even notice our, our oh. communication more in alignment with that healthy, grounded, um, rather than the flowery etheric, we're going to be more practical. Practical in our language. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And to answer your Christine uh, question, uh, Chris, to answer your question, Christine, there we go. Uh, September 3rd is Venus direct. The fourth is Jupiter retrograde and the Mercury retrograde conjunct the sun is on the sixth. And then on the eighth, 
which is that Friday, um, the sun comes into a trine with Jupiter. So that's some really, I mean, that to me is a, is a banner, feel good, optimistic day. Yeah. That's a, right? that's a red letter day. Yay. No, uh, not green, letter. green letter day, green it's number day. Green letter day for astrology. Red letter is not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Wednesday with, uh, Mercury conjunct the sun, they put that as a red, uh, number, like yeah. on my, my yeah. calendars that I use, you get the days that are colored in. And I'm not sure if that's because of a personal thing that's going on for me that day. It doesn't maybe, I don't know. It just seems odd to put that conjunction yeah, as a, as a red. I see it as good. I see it as positive. Yeah. Um, maybe also because I'm in a frame of mind right now that is into being healthy and establishing healthy routines and so forth. Maybe for those people who are going kicking and screaming in that direction, it could feel a little more difficult. But the whole messaging for this next period of time with Mercury and the sun is going to be based on what is healthy, what is practical, what's ordered and, and organized and service oriented, helpful, yeah. right? Diligent in, in helping others. Now, as we said, we wanted to look at the shadows. Sorry, were you going to say something else about that day? I was, I was going to, well, not about that day, but something also to remember. And, and I'm saying this through the lens of a true Virgo myself, like <laughs> watching for victimhood and martyrdom. Um, those two words, I know that it plays out in me. I know that it does. I, it does. And I've been called out on it and that's okay. Uh, be, be aware. Where are you acting the victim? Where are you acting the martyr? And how can you clean that up? I think that's a good piece of work to do. I know I work, I work at it for myself. I do. It, it's a big part of what can show up in my shadow work. So just sharing that with people. Really, it's it's something to be mindful about. Well, it's important because the shadow work that you do is benefiting not just you, but everybody around you. It's Absolutely. benefiting you in the work that you do with others. So it has implications that are far reaching. And as we were moving into this first full week anyway of September, we're entering a three month period where the inner planets, Sun, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, so those guys, um, are going to be moving through the gates in the spleen center of your human design that are where fear and paralysis lives. So in the shadow of these energies, like we can talk about healthy routines and all of this, all we want, but what's underneath the unhealth, right? What's, what's the cause of, of your um, overeating, of your addictions, or of your not taking care of yourself? What is that, right? That's the part that we are going to be looking at in the shadows. And so as I'm looking, I'm looking at August. No wonder I'm not finding what I'm looking for. Page 112. Uh, yeah, so we end up being in uh, Mars first enters into the gate 18, which is a gate of perfectionism. So Virgoan, right? Oh, oh Even boy. though Mars isn't, this isn't Virgo in human design. This is uh, really much more um, Libran territory, but it's a perfectionism. And one week after the other, he's in that mode. And then Venus will enter into that and Mercury will enter into that. The sun will enter into it at the end of September. So we're on a long-term potential to explore 
excavate, bring up um, our shadowy stuff, our fears, the places where we are being a victim or a martyr to the light so it can be healed. That's the whole purpose. It's not That's to keep us poisoned or, you know, feeling bad about ourselves. Um, but a lot of times when those energies of the spleen get triggered by planets, and this is what will be happening, right, from September all the way through November, maybe even into the first week of December, one at a time, these planets, sometimes in more than one at a time, triggering these things to bring it up for us. To help us to heal it. Here, look at um, that. Fix it. <laughs> yeah, right. Here it is, right? Your fear of um, being inadequate, not being good enough, of the future, of fear of the past, a fear of uh, failing. Failure, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. And then when we're caught up in that fear, that's when we choose things that create more of the victimy feel or of that martyrdom so i said this to a client yesterday the, the fear has been really really coming up and i said to her stop feeding the beast when you have this beast called fear showing up in your life and you talk about it and you talk about it and you talk about everything that is, can happen wrong you're feeding the beast the more that you talk that story up, the bigger it grows in your mind. The idea is to look at the fear and discover if it's real. Is it a true story? <laughs> right. Is it, is it real? Is it real? Is it Probably a true not. story? What you're projecting, like that point of view is not actually the truth. There are many potentials out there. So anyway, don't feed yeah. the beast. Bring it up, see it, look at it, examine it, but you can't feed it. Yes. Uh, the antidote to all of that is really to keep an open, curious mind, yep. see yourself through other people's eyes yes. and through the eyes of love, really. Yeah. If we wanna if we wanna break it down, see yourself through love, yep. not through fear, right? It's always a choice. Um, Joan Durchie says, I'm getting married on the 13th. I hope it's a good day for me. Congratulations to you, Joan. Yeah. I, I, I feel like this has been a long time coming and I'm excited for you. Um, on the 13th, it just so happens the moon is also in Virgo. Yep, so the, <laughs> the sun will be in Virgo. Mercury will be in Virgo. And, uh, of course, the moon. Uh, the moon will be opposite of Saturn that day and conjunct Mercury as far as there's no indication there of really, you know, there's longevity perhaps there because of the Saturn. Saturn. But to look at your own personal chart would make more sense because how is all that playing out in your particular chart um it to me you know it seems like a practical thing to do to come to make the agreement we we talked about this the other day because the sun right now and the earth uh and this full moon are sitting a, in a, a place in our human design about the agreements that we've made the contracts that we are engaged in and the renegotiation of said contracts Right. We don't we're not a victim, if you will, of the agreements that we've made. We can always renegotiate and change. So it seems like that would be a good day to think about, you know, what is it that you are truly desirous of here in this relationship? Uh, and Joan is a Taurus, I believe, May 4th. I only remember her birthday because it's the same day as my grandma or my granddaughters. And um, so Taurus, is this practical? Yes, maybe right. in some respects it is. 
um, what I don't see from, um, you know, the chart is where Venus is, where Mars is for you personally. I know Venus is in Leo, um, but where is that in your chart? I can't remember what your rising is. So we could, we could certainly look at that uh, sometime soon if you'd like to do that. All right. So that's the first week of September. Woohoo. That was a doozy. Yeah. But after that, it gets a little easier, I think. Uh, yeah, let me see. So I have, <laughs> she's talking about September 13th and I'm like, I don't have anything till the moon on the 14th. Right. Yeah. I wonder if you could maybe move the wedding, Joan, to the 14th. So you have new moon energy, mm. but I, I hesitate to say, to put that, to, that's kind of a projection of everything new at the new moon, but I don't know what your own chart is in terms of the moon and so forth. Yeah, and that um, is, oh yeah, it's later in the day on the 14th. Okay. Yeah, 6.40 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. Yeah. That means it'll be 3.40 for us, Joan, here on the West Coast. Um, I, I just say, here's how I, I kind of look at these things philosophically. Like, you've chosen this day. The 13th is always a very feminine number. To me, that sounds like a good point. There must have been some call from the soul for you to have chosen this date, right? So... Even if looking at the astrology, someone might go, well, you know, wait another day and do it at the new moon. Um, that underscores, that undermines even your own intuition and your own inclination that this was the day that you wanted to get married. So I would never do that, right? Things happen when... That. I love what you're saying right there for all the people who like, let's do it on exactly. Like your intuition has something to say about all of this. I have a um, a son who called us to um, Charleston, South Carolina on a Wednesday because he, his wife to be knew that that was the right day. She, and, and you know, we had a month, a month notice, but yeah. she knew it was going to be that number that day. And I'm like, okay, you got to honor that. I'm like, let's do a Friday so I can travel better. <laughs> She's like, no. <laughs> right. Convenience for yeah. you would take away from the authenticity that she felt around that particular exactly. day. Run with so. your wedding date that you picked of September 13th, yes. Friday the 13th. I get that. For a lot of people, that's a very... Well, it's not Friday. It's Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday. Yeah, oh, but the 13th itself, I think, is just a lucky yeah, number yeah, for that kind of... Yeah, it's divinely feminine. And why not? Do it. Um, do it. Just do it do it because you've already planned it apparently. So of yeah. course you hope it's a good day for you, but I guess you could make it a good day for you. Count on it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, that new moon, the 14th yeah. uh, is the, it's interesting because now because of having a blue moon at the end of August, the um, energies flip so that now what comes first in the month is a new moon, yep. right? In August, it was full moon, new moon, full moon. Now we have new moon, full moon. And it comes later in the month. So we're shifting the energies of the new moon till the middle of the month, which really isn't different, but is just notable because there's no full moon preceding it that's in the same month. And that new moon to me seemed pretty decent. Not, it wasn't one that made me go, you know, yeah. cringe. No. There's, there's a sort of grand trine energy, uh, earth trine energy still a part of that. We've been dealing with the Grand Earth Trine now for a while. Um, it has been very good for us in terms of getting things planted, you know, getting 
things uh, organized, that type of thing. And yeah, that moon has uh, Pluto, Uranus, and Jupiter also, and the sun, moon, and Mercury all in Earth. But so many of them retrograde. Right. So <laughs> many of them retrograde. Are any of them not retrograde? Let's see. Uh, uh, well, the 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 uh, Mercury is still retrograde. Uranus yeah. is retrograde. Jupiter is retrograde. Pluto yeah. is retrograde. So they are all. Wow. Of the ones that retrograde, they're all retrograde. Yeah. And uh, they, interestingly enough, point to uh, there's a kite here. Oh so yes. If I can draw it in, um, that points to Neptune, and interesting because Neptune is not earthy it is not anything to do with practical organized he holds right. the energy of the opposite of all of that yeah and here's that kite yep that yep. points this point up here mm -hmm. uh, is where neptune is yep. and it's the point of the kite where we find success mm -hmm. so if you have a kite it's made up of all good uh, aspects by the way there is an opposition between yeah well we won't go there yet um but the energy of a kite really is pointing us, you know, the point points up, right up, and it's pointing up to Neptune. So the the new, if you will, is grounded in the practical earth energies, but also pointing up to heaven, heavenward or uh, and, to the divine and to spiritual to like for, for our visualization and our sense of, you know, creating creativity. I think it's. I think it's beautiful. I know. It's going to be a great new moon. The moon and the sun themselves are in the conjunction in Virgo. Mm -hmm. So there's the continuation of a theme that we've already been talking about, the healthy routines, the getting into habits, detoxifying. Mm. Oh, that's another thing I always think about. Oh. With the energy across Virgo and Pisces, yeah. is it is a great time to do detoxes or to look at uh, it was interesting that my doctor yesterday pointed out that sugar should be looked at as a poison. Oh, yeah. Right? A For need sure. to be detoxified from your body. Yep. And uh, that energy is so profound across Virgo and Pisces. The need to be able to detox your your body, your emotions, your mind, your mental, uh, as well as the physical. Or, I mean, as your spiritual. Hmm, so it's a that. call for us to kind of clean it all up. That's great to know. I really didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Pisces, especially because it rules the lymphatic system in the body is um, very important for us to take a look at what is it that we are putting in our bodies that doesn't serve our higher self, right? Doesn't serve our health, doesn't serve our welfare. And an emotional detox, as Sharon is pulling up, is also important because Here's the thing about the whole evolution on the planet right now is that we are evolving to become more emotionally mature. Yes. Emotionally intelligent. Yes. And we've spent a lot of time. Some people are empaths. They're taking in all of this emotion and then they hold on to it and it gets stuck in them or they they think it's their emotion and it's not. It's the emotion they're taking in. Others are broadcasting emotion. So that can put us in a position of being reactive instead of responding mm -hmm. um, with some kind of an emotional um, wisdom, right? Instead, we just knee jerk, you know, and 
do things that can be more hurtful. So yes, emotional detox might include taking a look at all of your feelings. What are you feeling? Are they your feelings? Are you reacting to those emotions rather than responding with a clear choice about what it is that you want to do? In human design, sometimes we say that the emotional energy calibrates us mm. to our heart, meaning if you're experiencing low emotions or you're upset about something, it is typically a call to move more towards your heart, more towards your center, more towards your soul. And that somehow you've wandered. We all wander away from the clear plan of the soul. But as well, we do go through regular cycles of emotional inertness where we're in inside, right? And we're we're kind of quiet. We don't really know what we're feeling, perhaps, or, you know, maybe we're feeling slow, low, depressed, feeling depressed, not depressed, feeling it. Mm -hmm. And then that cycle changes to be more outwardly focused. So emotional energy is also much like the waves on the ocean, right? They're high and they break and then they build, they get high and then they break. So mm -hmm. That is our emotional energy. So an emotional detox, yeah, go for it. Look at all those things that you're feeling. Absolutely. I'm yeah. Um, the shadow that week uh, of the 11th through the 17th, well, we haven't really finished that week. We still have Mercury going direct that week, was oh. really about, uh, I, I remember when I wrote this, I was thinking about the movie, The Matrix, and how, you know, when Neo wants to learn something or needs to learn something, he just gets in his little chair and they plug him in and boom, he knows jujitsu or whatever that it is, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, downloads, right? They're downloads. And he can, when I'm thinking about that, he's getting that from the outside, but what it's really doing is stimulating everything that he knows to be true from the inside, right? So that this week, the second week of, of September is really about accessing the wisdom within. Mm -hmm. Like we know, I know that sugar is not my friend. <laughs> There's like no equivocating with it, right? It's just a known fact. So why am I continuing to do things that I know are not good for me? So it's, a, it's an internal focus on, okay, where where's my wisdom in this right and following our inner wisdom we don't have to look outside for uh, it it's inside <laughs> it's inside um and the shadow of this week is inadequacy which means that it kind of makes us want to look outside yeah for validation for right. you know learning more and more and more as an excuse not to do what we really want to do so it, it's an interesting week yeah <laughs> interesting week love those gifts and shadows that's i it's really the part that i focus on week to week when i'm looking at the almanac honestly well, i really should do that myself because as i look at him i'm like of course i've already been feeling these things <laughs> so funny um and then mercury turns direct on the 15th yep. of friday the same day the sun trines uranus woohoo yeah i'll look for some inspiration that day so yeah that was the word i was just thinking about in my head inspiration what might we be inspired to say to do yeah. Yeah. to embrace that is a great day. Now, of course, Mercury turning direct also means he's going back through the territory he's already crossed through. Mm -hmm. So if you've had issues with Mercury retrograde themes, communication, your 
appliances, technical, all of that, those are the times when things will start to come together again in a better way. Um, Mercury direct, you know, when, when planets turn, they don't just suddenly start going fast. Right. They, they take their time. In fact, they can kind of sit just still. There is a stillness before they actually start the move. So there is space between retrograde and direct. That is just stillness. Mm -hmm. And that's a part that we'll also see on the 15th where hmm, there's a, a space of nothing, a nothing space. As, as it relates to the mind and action that we take uh, based on thinking and Let's what have you. That one. <laughs> yeah. And it's in that space of stillness, Tam, where inspiration can come and play. Well, you, you can't hear the inspiration if your mind is so busy chattering. So yeah, the, the silence is where the creativity and the inspiration arrives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. And then the next day, Venus is square Jupiter, one of the few squares that we ever experience that really is highly positive. Okay. And um, it is, to me, a great call for us to really get clear about what is good in our lives mm -hmm. and to find appreciation and love for those things, to focus on the good, not on the challenges. We do have a tendency sometimes to really get kind of hyper-focused on what's not working. Yeah. And... You know, whatever you focus on gets bigger, <laughs> persists. Don't feed <laughs> the dragon, the beast. <laughs> Maybe uh, take a look at all of the things that you appreciate in mm -hmm. life, right? Or that you have an appreciation for. Um, that particular week, the sun is in the gate six. Okay. Uh, I'm always a little leery of that week. The, the sun is in the gate six. The Earth is at the gate 36, which means the Earth is also in a conjunction with Neptune, who is also at that gate. It can be a gate or a combination of energies that are very restless mm. um, and somewhat intense. For some people, it really depends on your own particular chart. Mm. But it's also a search for connection, for intimacy, to really explore the boundaries of emotional connection. Oh. Both of those energies sit on the solar plexus or the emotional center of your human design. Okay. So exploring, you know, is inspiration to do something really a distraction away from something you've yet to complete? Mm. Or is this the answer, the inspiration, the answer to the restlessness that you've been feeling. It can be an interesting um, week, N not bad, but intense. So here's a, a question relative to that. So I'm looking at the 19th, the sun in Virgo opposite Neptune retrograde in Pisces. So that is sort of exactly what you're talking about to some degree. The gates are sort of matched. They're backing it up. They're backing yeah, it up. up. Okay. Wow, that's really, really fascinating. So I'm looking at like the 19th as a day where sort of the head and the heart compete. Yeah? Yeah, the head and the heart or our intuition versus our ego. Um, thing, our, it? <laughs> yeah, yes. kind, uh, it, it, it's all in the play of words, I suppose. But yeah. the sun has a tendency to really shine a bright light wherever it goes. And now it's shining a bright light on all things Neptunian. Yeah. So the glitz and the glamour, the, the, you know, what the, the lipstick on the pig, <laughs> you know, a pig is still a pig, even if you put lipstick on it. Um, and, you know, being able to see things for what they truly are and not what we hoped they are. 
illusion, Neptune being the illusion of what we hope they might be, right? Yep, exactly. But Neptune also reminding us about unconditional love. Unconditional love, yes. Bringing it to the spirit, bringing it to the higher self. It's a pretty Mm -hmm. interesting day, I think. The moon will be in Scorpio that day. So that also makes it emotional. Water, Neptune in Pisces, the sun uh, in Virgo. It should be an interesting time for us. Maybe, you know, that week, I think maybe people will be really having aha moments, um, dreams, maybe that are are more vivid. Could be a really interesting time. I'm going to tell you, I'm looking at your gift and shadow for that week. And you said a difficult week as conflict, turbulence, and unease seem to be easily triggered. Like those are big words. Yeah. And that's because the, the, the sun at gate six is opposing the gate 36, which is where this restlessness. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting week to be sure, but one that we can come down to it, right? How do we, how do we get out of that shadow? Well, we explore the internal dynamics. What's really going on? Why am I feeling this unease? What is that related to? Um, and follow your intuition, your gut instinct, if you will, um, your authority, if to speak it in human design speak, um, and make the decisions that are right for you, not, not based on boredom. The tendency that week is to want to leap into or out of things, like without really considering the, the ramifications. That's a problem for me right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, uh, you know, out of the frying pan, but into the fire. Sure. So it's a wow. can be difficult. It's so calm, cool, deliberation before you choose to do anything, mm-hmm. right? That is our friends, our friend. <laughs> um, and I didn't do this, and I usually do do this. I didn't make up a chart for the autumnal equinox, oh. um, uh, because th- that is a season, right? The beginning of a season. I'll yes. probably do that in another show. Everybody okay. who listens to me. Um, So the autumnal equinox, always in human design, the equinoxes bring in another way for us to love, Mm. right? To be more loving. So that week we see the earth at the gate 25 is really engendering the love of spirit, while the sun will be at the gate 46 being the embodiment of that spirit. And all of that love that entails it through that connection of spirit and, and human. So embodying that. So the the autumn equinox, all the equinoxes and or both equinoxes and the solstices, they're always about love. And how do we want to express more and more of that love? How did we get to that? I've never heard that before. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess because I don't talk about it so much in the context of what you and I do here. But mm. it's a theme that I talk about all the time in uh, my regular broadcasts or when I'm doing readings for people and so yeah, forth. Because that... Pardon me? Do you have a blog post about that? Probably not. Do you have a video just about that topic? I'd have to go look for that. Yeah, I probably, because if you go back to summer, when we entered into the summer solstice, I would have chatted about that same thing because there are four main gates of love. There's the love of the body or being in the physical world, being the embodiment, right, of spirit, which is the love of spirit, the gate 25, which is, you know, bringing that human into or bringing that spirit into the human. Then there's the gate 15, which is the gate of the love of humanity, compassion and 
empathy and all of that. And then gate 10, which is the gate of self-love. So there's different iterations of those four gates mm -hmm. on every season. And as we shift then into that season, we have an opportunity to bring more and more of that uh, love of the body, love of being in the uh, physical, being spirit embodied uh, energy in at fall. In the winter, we get to bring more of the love of humanity into self-love and so on through the year. Every I'm season brings that. I'm fascinated by that. I'm absolutely fascinated. Sometime we'll have to just talk about that. Yeah, we could do that. That's absolutely, it's fascinating to me because for now, this time of year, the autumnal equinox is always followed by the next six or seven weeks of the sun transiting through the gates of the spleen, which is where we're looking at where we're paralyzed by fear. Wow. What fear's impact is on us. And if we can remember that we're divine in the physical body, which is what the week prior to that brought us to, then we can move through those fears in a different way, in an empowered way, mm -hmm. right? We can go, oh yeah, this is what's the highest divine way that I could deal with this energy. Mm -hmm. And wow. it's not by shutting myself down or shutting myself off or, you know, it, it's gotta be different than that. <laughs> okay, yeah. great. All right, uh, in the last five minutes here, the last week of Septiembre. Septiembre. Uh, uh let's see i have mercury uh mercury and virgo trine jupiter retrograde and taurus that i have that as the 25th i do too the 25th that's a, a great of, day a lot of that mercury jupiter stuff Vir in virgo and taurus going on so i think september is a really great month for for looking at the, the self-worth topic the self self-love yep. and self-worth as well as the personal and global economy i yep. think going to be very very interesting yeah it's going to be a very interesting and trines you know are the smooth flow of these energies so the smooth flow of virgo and taurus energy building something of lasting value we could yeah. say building right of lasting value yeah, yeah. um bu building from a place of value mm -hmm. of inner self-worth and value um, so we can, we could, you know, make phrases that, you know, bring all of these things together and the list could be quite long, but that is pretty, you know, primarily what's going on there. Yeah. The moon that day is actually in Aquarius. So maybe seeing things differently oh, outside wow. the norm. Yes. Right. Being different. Yeah. Or some innovation that will happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Something that triggers our, oh, duh, we could have right. done that years ago. Right. <laughs> Uh, the 29th is the full moon yes. and also Venus in a square to Uranus that day. That could be some fireworks in our relationships, some, you know, thunderstorm spirits hanging out there in our, in our world, the moon that day in Aries. So it could be a little more conflictive. Um, the full moon that day though is, uh, that's the new moon, full moon was the other one I drew on, uh, is kind of. My sense when I looked at it was that it's all over the map. Mm. So when I see all over the map, to me, that means there's a lot of different things that a lot of different people are likely working on. I didn't see any particular one theme that jumped out at me, other than the fact that the moon and the sun are across Libra and Aries. Yep. And that is the preparation for those coming Aries-Libra eclipses. Yes. So we might have to dig into that one a little bit deeper 
in uh, a different broadcast because I think that's there. There's this crux of planning mm. that's going on. And remember, the whole North Node in Aries now is really about our pulling in our own identity, doing what's good for us as individuals, yep. and ultimately letting go of people pleasing behaviors or just saying and doing things that are designed to make other people happy that have no real truth to it or meaning for you. So interesting day, I think, to have the full moon, which is also we're releasing, right? What, what can I let go of that isn't serving me, that isn't authentic to me before I get to October's? Oh, uh, let me say this quickly before we go. I know we have to go. I looked at this moon on the 29th and I said, we're halfway through the astrological year, correct? Yeah. And that's how I looked at it because I kept all of my journal notes front and center from the new moon in March. It was a new moon in Aries in late March. And I kept that. And, and I looked at this. I'm like, oh, I'm halfway there. How am I doing with that goal? Because <laughs> it was, my <laughs> new. <laughs> you know, it, it's just something to remember. It's another way to look at it. That's, um, you know, much higher level than what you're talking about now, but just something for other people to consider. What were you looking at doing in late March? under the oh, new Aries. Oh, good idea. Good way to look at that. That now can either come to completion or get inserted into your life yeah. with these eclipses coming up. Woo-hoo-hoo. Good stuff. Now, uh, I have a glaring error that I've just thought about, and that is we didn't tell people where they could go to buy oh. the Almanac for 2024. So, space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do they go? This is really easy. It's theenergyalmanac.com. That will bring you to one page where you can select the bundle, which is $75. You get um, a workshop and the book and free media mail shipping. Or you can go to, uh, you can also just choose the book only. Both of those have special codes associated with them, but you will see the code named right on the pages. So you just enter that code at checkout. That's going to give you the $5 off your shipping. Okay. Cool. I'm yeah. excited. So am I. Woo. Time to start on the next one. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. <gasps> Too much going on right now. Yep. Uh, anyway, Tam, thank you so much for joining me today. And awesome. interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, certainly not just astrological, but yeah. uh, good stuff. Take care, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us. Tam and I will be together again probably on the 27th of Septiembre. Beautiful. Right? Because that'll be before October. Mm -hmm. uh, so a, a little less than a month away. We'll, or a, a month. Exact, no, a little less than a month. A little less than a month. We'll see you then. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.